All right. We will, uh, if you wondered why we didn't sing some of your favorite songs, we still have a few to sing, so uh, we're going to sing them along with the message this morning. Uh, Brother Joe came to me after Sunday school and said uh, he was going to give me his two cents worth. He said he almost said, it looks so good to see all you youth sitting up front here. And not everybody's crammed in the back, but he was afraid to say it. So anyway, so I told on him <laughs> and I agreed with him. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I heard Brother Arlen Gagley's name and I thought, well, why am I up here? But anyway, welcome. <laughs> all right. So the title this morning is But God, But God. I took it from Ephesians chapter 2, but we're not going there just yet. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Just look at several scriptures and think about how God intervened. Seemed like it was a fitting thought for Christmas Day. Genesis chapter 3, it's familiar. We know this passage, I'm sure. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Little apron thingies is what I call them. They, the word means something very small. <laughs> And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves, among the, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So here they are, innocent, walking with God each day, knowing him personally, and they sin. And it, we cannot imagine their feelings of what they experienced, uh, having never been totally innocent. <laughs> the guilt that came over them, the fear that came when they heard God walking in the, walking toward them, the remorse. I'm not sure what all was there. But God didn't leave them that way, and. We come to the next couple verses. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, 
and thou shalt bruise his heel. I'm going to give the woman a seed, and he's going to deal with the devil. But God didn't leave us where Adam put us. He made a way. And it's going to be the seed of a woman. So uh, Grant didn't get to lead his songs yet. We'll let him lead. He's helping me preach today. Let's sing Zion's praises 133. To us, a child of hope is born. Zion's praises, song number a child of hope is born. And you think about it. Eve heard what God said. And others heard it. It got recorded. And you think about those Jewish mothers down through the years. When they have a baby, they wonder, might this be the one? Could this be the one? Let me read you a poem called Thoughts After a Birth by Judy Unrah. And it, the punchline comes at the end, so you have to listen carefully. Stars twinkled down on the earth in the night of his birth. Innocent, mild, he was their promised child. Fair as the break of morn, their message of hope, newborn. The future, asleep in their arms. In awe, they numbered his charms while he slumbered peaceful and wrinkled, and oh, his father's eyes twinkled, and his mother's heart sang, and they named him Cain. The first murderer. And you think Eve thought, maybe this is the one. To us, a child of hope was born. His blood speaks much better things than that of the blood of Abel, by the way. 
the one we sing of, he's the one promised. All right, the angels sang of him too. Let's sing uh, Zion's praises 119. Song number 119, Zion's praises.
All right, let's go to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. God has a message for his people. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people does not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are going away backward. Why should you be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When you shall come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. God's people, he calls them Sodom, Gomorrah. He says, I hate your worship. You're sinful. He abhors them. But God, but God is still God, and we keep reading. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. God says, I'm ready to have mercy. Just repent and come. But God, no matter how low someone has gotten, even his own people that he calls Sodom and Gomorrah, he says, I'm ready to take you back. Let's sing... Uh, Zion's praise is 127.
got one question. It's right here. 127, folks. Song number 127. needs an amen at the end, I guess. It's a prayer. I thought I was going to mention that before. It's a good song. Meditate on it later. All right, let's go on to Ephesians chapter 2. This is where I took my title from, but God. There are a number of but gods in the scriptures but that's another sermon that I don't have time to preach at all. But they are interesting to look at. Ephesians chapter 2. And you'll notice, uh, if you've got the King James Version, that uh, the third, fourth, and fifth words in that verse are in italics, which means they are not there in the Greek. And I remember years ago, I'm not sure who it was, it might have been Marcus Lind, so it was a long time ago, uh, who said that it just seemed like the King James translators couldn't wait to get that and you hath he made alive in there. It doesn't show up till verse 5, so they stuck it in at, verse, at the beginning. So I'm going to skip it when I read it because 
picture sort of dark till you get to verse 4. And you were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. This was you, this was me. We lived in darkness, we lived after our own flesh, our pleasures, and we were under God's wrath, just like everybody else who ever sinned. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, for even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, hath made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So there we were in darkness, there we were lost. But even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did so much more than that though, if you read that passage, which we just did. He made us alive. He raised us up together with Christ. He's put us in heavenly places with Christ now. And he's going to use us to show his glory to everyone in this age and in the coming ages. He's done it not because we did anything to deserve it, but he did do it to make us his workmanship his creation, his new creation to show forth glory. We're created unto good works. He ordained that we should walk in them. He expects us to be the kind of people that are blessings to others. And that brings him glory. But God, let's sing uh, Zion's Praises 125. Number 125.
right, let's back up to Romans chapter 3. This is all the same story. Major problems were lost, but God takes care of it. I just read Psalm 107 recently, and that's the picture there too. You should read it sometimes for about three or four times. It talks about people and their problems and then how God intercedes and takes care of them. Well, okay, Romans chapter three. Let's start in at verse nine. What then? Are we better than they? Are we Gentiles? Are we, yeah, we Jews better than the Gentiles or the other way around? I forget which. No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. And then he goes on and describes us, all of us. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all they are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And everything there from verse 10 down through verse 18 is a quote from the Old Testament of various quotes. Verse 19, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So Jews and Gentiles alike sold under sin. God gave this law. It was a glorious law. Sometimes we forget that. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians, how the, the glory of the old doesn't even appear glorious anymore because of the glory of the new. But it was glorious in their time. And you listen to David extol the law and he thought it was glorious. It was. God's grace to the Old Testament people <laughs> came by law. The law. Okay, interesting. But it wasn't able to do the job. But God provided a way to do it. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. We couldn't do it. The law couldn't do it. Nothing could do it. But God provided a way for it to be done. It's the Lord Jesus. It's the Lord Jesus 
from beginning to end. It's his word. We believe, we have faith, we walk with him, we walk in him, we walk in faith. It's him all the way through. So let's sing another song about him. Zion's praises 112. Number 112. Jesus is now the star divine, brighter and brighter. 
All right, one last one, Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 5. So at the beginning of chapter 4, John is caught up into heaven and shown all kinds of glorious things. He sees the Father on the throne in chapter 4. Then in chapter 5, he runs into a problem, a problem in heaven, mind you. <clears throat> and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the, under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. So I don't think there's ever any problems in heaven, but it appears like in this vision or whatever it was that John had, there was a problem, enough so that John was weeping. He wanted to know what this was about. Well, but God, God was there. God had someone ready to open the book. And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. This glorious lion of the tribe of Judah, he's prevailed, he's won. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And I find that contrast interesting, informative. It tells us something about our Lord. It tells us something about us. If we're going to be lions and prevail, a lamb, a bloody lamb. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and beasts and elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. A Lamb. What better place to be stable 
even his birth told us something about him. Let's sing uh, 129, Zion's praises. Zion's praises, 129. Do you face ever anything difficult or impossible? Maybe we don't think about it over the Christmas time. We're, we're all taking vacation from regular life, right? But anyway, when those things hit, remember, but God, but God, there is a way through. God has it. Trust him. He'll show it. All right, I'd like to stand for prayer, and after the prayer, I'd like to sing a couple of verses of O Come All You Faithful Yet. So, um, I thought I had it written down. Let me see. 93 in the black book. Let's stand for prayer. <clears throat> Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you didn't leave us in darkness that you didn't leave us in our sins, that you didn't leave us without hope. We thank you for 
the Lamb of God, for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his birth. And we thank you for this time that we can remember it. But Father, we thank you that he grew up, that he lived a perfect life, that he showed us how to live. He showed us how to die. He died for us. He died for our sins to take them away. He died to give us victory over sin. And he rose again to give us that victory that he's on your, hand, your right hand right now interceding for us to, to save us through clear to the end. Thank you, Father, for salvation through him. Help us to appreciate it more. Help us to love you more. Help us to grow in grace in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Bless us today. Make us a blessing to those we meet and those we're with. May our family gatherings be good and profitable and a blessing to all of us who are together. And Help us not to forget you in the name. Amen. Oh.